What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. Happy International Women's Day, Kalal. And we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. Wacky-ass hijinks and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. Thank you for the shout-out to National Women's Day. I think we're pretty well represented by women on this show in general. We've had women on the show before. We've had Veronica Sports Puns, uh, Alexa talking about United slash Ravens. We've had... uh, Cheryl Pounder. Yeah, Cheryl Pounder. (laughs) Has been a guest before. So. I must say, she has like the best name in the world. It's amazing that she was birthed with that name. Correct, correct. Uh, hasn't been on in a minute. No, but she's definitely he, due for a return. Yeah, we haven't. Well, that's not true. We won the World Series last year, so we 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 we, ha, we have been successful, Graham. We have been successful. We we need more toasts. We haven't had one in a couple years, though. I'm ready. A toast. You know, she comes on and does the toasts. Oh, that she like, does a toast. What kind right. of alcohol Cheryl, we yes. should be drinking to For celebrate specific things. situations, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess no. there's angry alcohol to drink as well. If you're like, you know, in the state of the Hawks, I bet that, that would be an interesting one. Yeah. You know, like a team with a lot of talent that has a new coach and it seems like a new beginning, but it also feels the same. What's the drink for that? What type of wine? I don't know. I don't know about wine, but I definitely think probably a Merlot. Unsatisfying flavorless Ooh, maybe a merlot not from california not from california from like oh maybe like this uh from like omaha nebraska this crappy something. like georgia wine like muscadine wine yeah one of those things yeah yeah i think that would be proper or, or someone made it in their basement or prison swill swill prison yeah. toilet swill toilet swill yeah. yeah i mean that'd be a little darker than where the hawks are yeah i think toilet swill is like no, you, I think a Merlot is fine. Like a normal <laughs> Merlot that's not from California. That it, still sucks, but you can gut your way through it. Bottle is like eight dollars or less. Six forty five. Six forty five. And, and especially in today's inflated economy, that means it really sucks. Bought at the Texaco up the road, yes. perhaps. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we don't need Cheryl. We've graduated. We could figure these things out on our own now, Graham. That's true. We you say are, we graduated. Yeah, yeah. From, from college? No, we've graduated from needing experts. Oh, to be able to do it ourselves. Well, yeah, yeah, we've exactly. become well-versed in the world of wine. Because we've taken in the advice we've received from experts over the year. Yeah. And we can now translate it into the real world. I like where your head's at. Look at us. Look at us. Adam, for some reason, I felt like today was necessary to have a liquor drink during the show. Normally, I do not drink during the show. Except every once in a while. But it's, it's usually like a quarterly thing. What was the uh, the feeling, the reasoning? I think it's just all the hype around this Lamar Jackson thing. Got you excited. It even get me excited. It just got me worked. I would say it got me more worked up than excited. It got me nervous. Okay. It's one of those times when you really wish this was like a live radio show, you know, where people called in and could give you their opinions on things. Like Chad Okinawa from Hawaii. Yeah, he likes to call in a 6 of the fan. Exactly. I know he says mahalo on, on Twitter to everybody. Seems like a lovely fellow. Oh, It'd be really Adam. nice if we had one of those. It would be. I'm actually getting a call right now. Oh, let's Hell. take it. Hello, this is Atlanta Zone, Atlanta Sports Podcast. Who's calling? This is Alexa. Alexa. Did you want to talk about Lamar Jackson? I did. I did. So, my understanding from the uh, the, the, the screening uh, that our, uh, that intern Jared did is that you're a Ravens fan. So you have a lot of opinions on things. I'm very grateful that you uh, that you called in because you know about Lamar Jackson 
more than yeah. we know about Lamar Jackson. I, I would assume so, yes. Yeah. I hope so. So a lot, of, a lot of Falcons fans and a lot of pundits were speculating before the franchise, uh, was it the, the non-exclusive tag was put on Lamar that the you know that the Falcons were heavy heavy favorites to get on the Lamar Jackson thing because of the the cap space we have the need at quarterback and then it came out that Falcons weren't interested and no one is interested seemingly in Lamar Jackson that could use him Panthers Commanders Dolphins Falcons the list goes on Raiders Raiders who uh, yeah uh, Derek Carr is going to the the the, the Saints apparently now mm-hmm. but um. What is what is your thought? What are your thoughts about all this? Why did the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar? Do you think it was more so to see if he could, um, you know, to see what offers he was going to get from people, to see if you know they could structure a deal based off of what Lamar was getting? What what, do you, what is the reason for this? Yeah, I think I think you're pretty close to that there, Graham. Um, I think you know putting the non-exclusive tag on him. Uh, allows other teams to come in, give offers, and kind of give the Ravens something to go off of, you know. Um, it allows him to also test the market. We've been trying to work out a deal with him for two years. You know, he hasn't been budging. He doesn't have an agent. He's doing this all on his own, and he kind of hasn't moved. The team has offered up to, um, I was reading today, somewhere between 160 and $180 million guaranteed, and he turned that down. So he's looking for big money he's looking for that deshaun watson type you know 230 250 mil guaranteed so now is his chance on march 15th when other teams are allowed to talk to him no one's allowed to talk to him yet either so i think some of the stuff with reported reaching out and stuff i don't know we'll see we'll see how much teams really stick to what they're saying right now it's a little early in the game to be saying like you're not interested at all we'll see what happens there but i also don't blame teams like the falcons and stuff either because if you are going to have to put a lot of guaranteed money, maybe up to even like $200 million and all that, you have to still pay your other like, what, 49, 47 players or whatever. I know the Falcons have a lot of cat space, but they also have a lot of other issues that you probably need to fill in that aren't concerned with quarterback. So, you know, I'm, it's, 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 been, it's been wild. I mean, I want, I want them to sign, you know, obviously back with us as a Raven, but if he goes and tests the market, the team's willing to – Give him guaranteed and, and two first round draft picks, then you know, see, then that might happen. But all right, Alexa. So let me get this straight. This could just be the Ravens being like, okay, you want to test the market? Mm-hmm. Here's your opportunity. Yep. And so, like, if the contract offers that actually do come in are a lot lower, mm-hmm. then the Ravens could just match that, right? And he's probably would still remain a, a Raven. And then it's be like, okay, well you, you had your opportunity to test the market. This is what the market is. You were overvaluing yeah. yourself. We still want you back. So is that, that's the general thought. Yes. Yes, Adam. Yeah. I do believe that is the general thought is that if another team does give him a deal that's lower, that maybe he'll kind of see, Oh man, like this is what I'm getting. No one's going to offer me anything else or all of the guaranteed money that I want. Maybe the Ravens gave me a pretty sweet deal at the 160 or 180 mil guaranteed. And I'm just going to stay here and take that. Or, you know, I mean, he's, he's putting up a big gamble, right? Because if we, if we team offers something lower and we match that, then that's kind of where you're at. Um, yeah, I think, I think the thoughts are that he would stay a Raven. I don't think there's bad blood between them or anything like that. There hasn't been anything that 
I've been reading between the organizations and everything of people that work inside of it, as well as the front office have come out and said they've been negotiating good faith. They always had an agreement to not say anything in public. And I think it's just kind of, it's not talk about in the off season. It's probably the biggest story. So I'm sure we'll hear all about it through the summer. It's going to be great. I think the whole thing with Deshaun Watson and Haslam, the, the Browns owner destroyed the NFL in terms of, Salary caps, guaranteed, not really salary caps, more so guaranteed contracts. Guaranteed contracts have never been a thing in the history of the National Football League until Deshaun Watson. There's always money guaranteed within a contract, but it was never a fully guaranteed contract. Right. Like what Deshaun Watson got. And I think now the NFL is working together. All the owners are working together. Because, let's be honest, Lamar Jackson... Do so you think there's conclusion? you think there's Absolutely. Conclusion? Absolutely, I think there's collusion. Well, there could be a lawsuit involved in there for Lamar if that gets found out. So. Yes, but I mean they're never going to come out and say it. Sure. I mean it's the same thing with it's the same thing with Kaepernick, right? I mean like. Right. Yeah. No. I I heard many likenesses of that uh, brought up today. Yeah, I think it's the. Yeah, I think it's the same damn thing. I mean Kaepernick, regardless of you know anyone's opinion on on uh, the social justice issues he was standing up for, your opinion on that or not. I think anyone could agree that the dude could be at least a viable backup on an NFL team, and he wasn't given the opportunity because no one wanted the media circus, but they they all said, we're just going to keep it strictly about football. Um, I think a similar thing is happening to Lamar right now, Um, but it all started. The inciting incident was this Deshaun Watson guaranteed $250 million big-ass contract, and Lamar Jackson is a hell of a lot better than Deshaun Watson right now, regardless of you know the injuries and everything that's happened with Lamar over the last couple of years, he's a much better player than Deshaun because Deshaun hasn't played in two years. I would say before that they were pretty comparable, but Lamar, I think, is definitely better at this point. So yeah, I think it's a collusion effort. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised uh, in the NFL. I think a lot of teams could a lot of teams could use him. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Jets there's, there's still other teams. It's, it's it's a thing too, right? Of just like kind of people jumping on early reports and stuff too. Like I was saying a little earlier, because it's like, all right, five teams that yes need quarterbacks. You probably thought were interested aren't. Indy still really needs a quarterback. The Jets need a quarterback. Like yeah, the Jets have been talking to Aaron Rodgers, but like there there's some other teams out there that might be willing to fork up something. But we'll see. Yeah, Alexa, and I guess the other thing to take in consideration here is, like, you know, the Falcons coming out and saying they're not interested. Yeah. Like, what would be the tactic on their, like, the only tactic for the the Falcons coming out and saying we're not interested in this player, it could be a negotiating thing. Maybe we really are interested, and that's just, like, why would you leak that to the media on the first day? What what advantage does that give you? could be a negotiating thing. Maybe they are interested. And I know, a lot, like, a lot of fans are still interested a lot of the local radio guys think it would be foolish to not pursue them. Yeah, like every local radio personality in the city on Twitter is like going hand over. I don't even know what the expression is. They're going apeshit for Lamar, saying like not bringing him in here is just continuing the mediocrity of the franchise. Gotcha. So they're falling over their feet. Yes, that is, that is, that is what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it is... It, it, Adam, it could be a bit of a negotiating tactic. It could also be um, something else I was hearing today was that other teams might not want to do the work for the Ravens. Um, sometimes they say, uh, what's happened in the past is a player has gotten an exclusive franchise tag and other teams didn't want to feel like they were writing up the writer for this person's contract. So they would be basically doing the work for the Ravens and they're going to go, hey, thanks. Yeah, we're going to keep them. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And they, they've done all this work. They've done all this negotiating. And they're not even going to get him. Yeah. And again, you can't even talk to him until the 15th. So, I mean, I don't know. They're probably just, they might be using it as a negotiation tactic. They might be just like, yeah, we're not pursuing him. Leave us alone so they can think about it. Especially in y'all's case because you did go after Deshaun. And that was a whole huge thing. And everybody was all over you for that. So maybe there's like, you know what? We're not putting our toe in this. We'll kind of talk behind the scenes. And then if we do want to talk to the guy... We'll talk to him later. He doesn't have to sign the tag till like sometime in July. So there's plenty of time to talk to Lamar. There's no rush. People are just, like I said, people are just jumping on this because he is an MVP winning quarterback. He's got huge winning percentages, the most touchdowns in the past couple of years in the NFL. He, a lot of teams, including the Falcons, would be very lucky to have him, but there's a lot that comes with that. So I understand both sides of it. So confirmed that. Lamar Jackson is good at football. <laughs> Correct. Yes, he is very good at football. Okay. Especially y'all, because you have um, who's that young receiver on the Falcons, number eighteen? Drake London. Ridley. No. Ridley's gone. Yeah. Oh, Ridley's gone. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you got Drake. Yeah. The point is, you guys have good receivers. That's another thing we that might picks. also draw Lamar off of the team. Yeah. If he was offered a really good deal, because it's like. All right, yes, he was very injured the past two years, but also, what did you give him in terms of a package to be able to do anything? Yeah, he's never had a good receiver. No. Except for Mark Andrews. Yeah, we had injured running backs for the last two years, too. So, you know, I think you can look at the last two years and say, yeah, he's been really injured, and that that is also something to look at and how healthy can he stay with giving him a fully guaranteed contract or a lot of guaranteed money. But I think... You know, I think he fit in the Falcons pretty well. So, I mean, I think if it was the right price, um, he'd be good to go after. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that I don't think it would be a horrible thing to try and get Lamar. But at the same time, and I'm also not worried about like he wouldn't take up the entire you know cap space or anything. We'd still make moves, mm-hmm. but it's also like that's still a significant chunk of your cap, and I would rather build a team around them, you know, around a quarterback, then just be like, all right, here's our quarterback. Now we got to go. Cause yeah. we got way too many holes. I think to bring in someone like that at that price to me, that's just, that's just my opinion. But what do I know? I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. So, but, uh, Alexa, thank you for this, uh, analysis. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. you Alexa. Thanks. Bye. We talked about this already. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I, everybody, churn off, Stakey, Dukes and Bell, everyone in, in radio is just going gaga over Lamar. And yes, it would add a lot of electricity. And yes, we get a lot of things for us to talk about. But until we fix the defensive line, until we, can, until we actually are in a position to get more than 21 sacks on the quarterback in a season, then what the fuck are we doing? Even if we have Lamar, it's not going to matter if our defense isn't very good. Yeah, you know, I mean, NFL 2023, a lot of big offenses can get you there. Yeah, but it's like if you – and that's not to say, like I just said, when we were just talking to Alexa, you can still make moves even if you went out and got Lamar, but you couldn't make as many moves. And that's what I think is like we still don't have a very complete roster. Yeah, I, I liken it to the Hawks. I think if the Falcons were to make this move now, it's a year too early. It's kind of like the Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals. Everyone thought we were there. Right. Expectations went higher. Right. I think the Falcons are still about a year away. Yeah. And so, and, like, I mean, if see how Ritter works out. If 
he works out great. If not, you go hard next year for a quarterback. Sure, I, I would. I would. I totally agree with that. And it's like, what's the rush? We've suffered enough. Well, I think it's you just, know, you know, how often do you get the opportunity to, to get, get a guy a quarterback like, this. like yeah. this? No, I understand. Yeah. But right also when you need one. When you need one. And you know, I understand that. But it's also like we've suffered five years, I think, now of, of playoff less football. Underachievement, mediocrity. It's not a lot of fun. It sucks. Trust me. I Is there anything better than waking up on a Saturday, wild card Saturday, knowing your team's playing at four PM? Especially what a good day. That yeah, is. especially when we've had the last two Martin Luther King weekends, Wild Card weekends, have been phenomenal in terms of drinking and debauchery and watching football all day. It would be so much better if the Falcons were included in that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it hasn't happened. We would love it to happen, and maybe it would happen if we went out and just got Lamar and he could transform things. But it's just there's so much to consider with Lamar. His The injury history scares me beyond all the money. The injury history scares me. Him negotiating... Uh, his own contract deal with his mom or whatever. It also just sends a lot of red flags. The third thing, the biggest thing to me, and we don't know the full story about his his health and going into the postseason last year, but he didn't suit up. He didn't suit up for these critical this critical playoff game. And the, the Ravens, with that defense, they were the only team before Kansas City that pushed Cincinnati to the brink. They They almost won that game with a backup quarterback. Because their defense was amazing. If Lamar plays in that game, the Ravens win. And Lamar, even at 70%, could have given them a chance to win that game. And that I hate that shit. That makes me also just very like trepidatious about wanting to, to take a chance on him. His, his health and then like not being able to lay his body on the line for the team. I mean, you understand the athlete's perspective as well. Of course. You know, if the team's not going to commit to him, why why should he commit to the team and put his body on the line? I could understand that. I can understand that, and also it would hurt potentially any contract offers he might get. Yeah. You know, going into a free agency year, so there's a lot to consider. There's other NFC South news this week. Grant. There is a lot of NFC South news. Um, the Saints got their quarterback, Derek Carr, coming to the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really. Whatever. I think it bumps them to the top of the NFC. South. I would agree. They have the best quarterback in the NFC South right now. It, it's wild to look. I saw like projected quarterbacks, and it was like uh, you know Derek Carr, Kyle Trask for the Bucks, Desmond Ritter for the Falcons, and I think Panthers are probably going to draft one of these four quarterbacks. Yeah, I imagine they will get. Uh, I, if I'm them, I'm going after C.J. Stroud. That's the guy I would go after for the Ohio State quarterback, who I think is very good. But they don't pick till nine. So they would have to move up. He might not be available. Yeah, they would have to move up. If the Falcons wanted him, they would have to move up too, I would imagine. What do you think about, um, you know, the combine was this last week, looking at these four quarterbacks. What do you think about Anthony Richardson? Like, Florida quarterback? Yeah, it's, an, it's intriguing for the Falcons to select him because he is still a project. But, like, you know, his – like 40 numbers like he's faster than like Michael Vick was in the yeah. 40 like he's he's one of the ridiculous. fastest he's fastest, like, fastest quarterbacks ever in the 40 yard dash he's what, like 6 5 yeah no he's he's a monster he could be like a and his body is even fully developed he could be a Lamar Jackson Mike Vick Cam Newton hybrid kind of thing it, super it would weapon just be so fun like i mean have you watched him play before i know he's only 6 and 6 I, i've just seen the combine oh highlights. yeah no i only watched two games with him at quarterback but he put on a show both games. The last game I watched was uh, Florida-Miami last year. And it, kid's got an arm. Kid can play. I don't know. I, I don't have enough of 
you know, I haven't watched him enough to have a fully, uh, you know, fully formulated opinion on him. But I think it, it is intriguing. It is, he is an intriguing prospect. Now, it's one of those things too, where it's like, do you give into the temptation of of that, or do you say, no, stick the course, fix the defense? It's it's a tough, very tough decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I find that more intriguing to draft him, like versus trading for Lamar. I mean, you're gonna have to trade a lot more than just that one pick. Um, then you had these two young quarterbacks battling it out, and at the end of the day, it could be interesting if they're both good. That's a good problem. Then you to can have. trade one of them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, there's that, but it's also like you, the, both Ritter and Richardson are, you know, they're just you can't. They are they are projects. We don't know how they're going to do in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson, regardless of anything you got to say about him, is a proven NFL quarterback who can excel in this league. And he's only 26. Regardless of the health issues, regardless of any attitude problems, regardless of anything, the guy is an absolute freak. I have never seen a quarterback move the way he is. He makes Michael Vick look like Sesame Street. I'm telling you. Having watched all the games I have with Lamar, he's done things I've never seen before at the quarterback uh, position. But he's also only 1-3 in the playoffs, and he disappears a little bit in the postseason. So it's, it's a weird thing, man. But he also hasn't had a receiver. It's like every time you say something good about Lamar... There's also something bad you can say about Lamar, but you can also look at the situation and be like, he's never had great receivers. With Pitts, London, who knows? It's it's it's, we, it's we got a, some good name. It's it's intriguing. It's intriguing. It's an exciting offseason. Yeah, and you never know. For all you people out there who want Lamar, you can make a move in July. You can make a move on it. Maybe you're not interested right now because everybody's saying that, but maybe Wait maybe something happens. Draft. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's it's this saga is far from over. According and, to this Yahoo Sports article, we are 12th out of 12 teams likely to get him. But that's just based off the new news. It so, it's crazy. I who mean, the hell knows? before the Diana Russi story came out from ESPN, there were all these other people, not as high profile as her, but other NFL sort of beat, beat people, saying that the Falcons are about to enter negotiations with Lamar Jackson. Falcons and Ravens talked in Indianapolis and uh, you know, really made a lot of uh, strides in their negotiations for Lamar Jackson. And then it came out, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. And it was like, who the hell knows what's going on? Never believe anything the media puts out there ever. Yeah. Unless it's like happening. Yeah. Currently. Rumors but, are just bullshit. Yes. I will leave this segment with this. This is a quote from Terry Fontenot. Our mindset is let's continue to work hard to build the total team and improve the roster. Because in order for anybody to be successful at quarterback, we have to have the right team. From an interview he did with Albert Breer. It's a pretty good article. Okay. Recommend uh, you read it. Just do Albert Breer, Terry Fontenot, and Google. It'll pop up. I like that. So that certainly falls into kind of what you were saying. Yeah. And I like that mindset. And when all this Lamar stuff was happening, knowing Terry's affinity for going after the big high-profile offensive player like he has in the last two drafts with London and Pitts when we have drastically other needs that need to be addressed, in my opinion, over those positions. I was worried about this, but now I think it's one of those things where it's like he's taking the right approach, let's trust in what he's going to do, and let's see what happens. And this is the first time he has money to work with, so he will be judged heavily in free agency more than he's ever been as the Falcons general manager. I did see, speaking of rumors that I say don't listen to, but I'm going <laughs> to put it out there. Daniel Flick, I don't know if you follow him on the Twitter, he's an Atlanta Falcons guy, mm-hmm. right, 
writes some pretty good articles. He doesn't claim to be an insider, but he knows like a few people within the team. And uh, he was saying like Falcons fans are going to be pleasantly surprised by some of these free agents they're going after, like some of the big names, like like an offensive tackle or Orlando Brown for oh, the Chiefs. Yes, that would jo- be Jawan Taylor for the Jaguars. Oh. Um, so that would be great if that's true. Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle for the Eagles, like. So he was like hinting, don't be surprised the Falcons actually make a splash. They should like, make I think a we splash. have something to sell. Yeah. Um, you we, know, we have a good system in place with a good coach. We do. And a young GM who's hungry. And everything, you, you read like some of these draft prospects that have like gone to the room with um, Coach Smith and Fontenot and like everyone's like, these guys are fun. Like they ask great questions, but like you could tell they like, love what they're doing and they're just like super into it like i could see like free agents like really latching onto that yeah no i i I really have a strong feeling i think this is going to be worth it i think this whole thing is going to be worth it but but it really comes down to will Fontenot and and arthur smith build the team correctly and that that really starts now more than any other year because you have more draft picks than usual you have a hell of a lot more cap space than usual this is the year. If they can nail it this year, and they don't have to nail every pick or every free agent's pick, every free agent pickup, they got to nail it more often than they fail. If they can do it, then we will be on the right track. We'll absolutely be on the right track. In other news, Adam, we have um, a couple other Falcons notes. Lorenzo Carter is back on a two-year deal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Lorenzo Carter is officially back. Two-year deal. I like that. Yeah, solid. He's a good veteran. Yeah, solid guys. I think this will be a six-year in the league. Uh, had four sacks last year for about like 50 tackles or something like that. Not a world beater, but a, definitely a good piece and a guy who's continuing to develop still in his 20s. So um, I like that. And Caleb McGarry did not receive the franchise tag. The deadline came and went yesterday. No franchise tag. So what are your feelings about that? He had a hell of a year last year, but it was his only real good year in the NFL after four or five seasons. So. I'd like to see him back. I would, too, based off what he did. He knows the system. He excelled last year. He finally put it all together. Let's hope they bring him back. I'm I'm wondering what the rationale was for not tagging him, and but I think it could be good in the sense that maybe they have worked out some big-ass deal for him to keep him here for a while, and that's why they didn't franchise tag him. So that that's my hope. All I know about him is he's a country boy. He's a good old boy. He's country li- boy will survive. He likes to go hunting. In the off season, he likes deer hunting, bass fishing, and extending credit to all people. That's a deep cut, Graham. That is a deep cut. I don't know if anyone's going to get that, but he probably <laughs> likes all of that. So, <laughs> and I, I, well, he's a Washington boy, so maybe he wants to go back to the West no. Coast to do that. Stay yeah. here, Caleb. But I, I think we got all that down here in Georgia, and um, I think he just like he, football is in his life. He doesn't like. He just wants to do this for the now. Yeah. So that he can build a cabin somewhere. So, you know, he's got a good thing going in Atlanta. He can do all these things in the off season. Yes. I think he's not going to be too complicated to work a deal out Hopefully with. Hopefully not. And, uh, you know, we'll bring him back. Yeah. There's one other Falcons news, piece of Falcons news, Adam, we haven't talked about yet. Calvin Ridley is officially uh, reinstated by the NFL. So the Falcons are getting a 2023 fifth-round pick. So add that on to the other picks that we already have. Extra fifth round pick. You know he was drafted in the fifth round last year, Adam. Algier? Correct. Nice. So, and if he wasn't reinstated, it was going to be a sixth round pick, but now it's a fifth round. Yeah, and I think we have like two fourth round picks as well. 
Yeah, something like that. We we have we have way more picks than we than you normally have. And by way more, I mean like three or four more, but still, yeah, picks I mean, a pick. So that's good news, and, and we have more picks coming. Like yes, if he performs well in the NFL, so so if he if he makes the team in two thousand twenty four, we get a fourth round pick. It becomes a third round pick potentially based off his playing time. It could potentially go all the way up to the second round pick if he signs an extension. That's crazy. It's nuts. So that'd be huge. Really cool. Yeah, we wish him the best. Um, the big, the biggest thing about him as well, beyond that being reinstated, he finally talked about you know everything that's been going on the last couple of years and why he bet on the Falcons. And he said it was just like this was like in the heat of him just being depressed. This was when he stepped away from the team. Um, and all we knew, what, what did they call it? Just like for mental, mental health mental reasons. Health reasons. Yes. And it sounds like he was just in a super dark place. Yeah. Like couldn't get up off the couch. Like this happens to, you know, millions of Americans all the time. Just happened to hit Calvin. Like he said, football was always the one thing that would get me out of bed. But even that wasn't working at this point. And I know he wasn't, I can't remember if we discussed this on the podcast, like his house was broken into a lot in Atlanta, like he was being targeted. So I'm sure like that got his anxiety up. So like, I feel for the kid. Yeah. I I know we, a lot of people like talk shit and call him soft, but you never know what someone's going through. Yeah. He, and he played pretty much a majority of the 2020 season with a broken foot, according to this article as well. Um, It's hopped up on painkillers. So... So he said the betting thing was just like this was after he had stepped away from the team like for the rest of the year, and it was just like he saw a DraftKings commercial, maybe saw an ad, listened to an ad on a podcast or something, and he just like threw fifteen hundred dollars in, was going to bet on like NBA games, and then he just threw the Falcons in as a parlay. He said he wasn't even like in contact with anybody on the team at that point. Yeah. It was just like a supporting the boys thing. So like yeah. He was like admitting it was a dumb mistake, but he wasn't thinking. Yeah, no, this article that he wrote really humanizes him and really gets in his head. I mean, you also talk about, you know, he, this is also someone with a two-year-old daughter and coming up, you know, she's running up to him saying, Daddy, Daddy, let's play and stuff like that. And um, he doesn't want to do it because he's so depressed. And he's just he just wants to go in a dark room and not do anything because mm-hmm. he want to be around his kid. Um, so he's definitely battling some demons and I appreciated this article. It made me really think about a lot of the shit I said about Calvin during the time when he was away from the team and like, come on, man. Like, you know, there, that, that London game where he did get a touchdown, but he was also like, there's a couple of times over the middle where he wasn't going for a ball or he was just, yeah, you know, he was just like giving up on plays. And I was just like, and you know, you hear this mental health stuff and you're like, Oh, come on, just get, just get back on the field this depression and, and everything else that was going around the injury really affected him. And, uh, I felt like I forgot about the human element a little bit. And so I apologize. Not that Calvin really ever hear us or ever heard anything we said about him, but I apologize to the guy cause he was clearly going through some shit and, uh, made some bad decisions. He also admits like my favorite part about this, uh, one of my favorite parts about this article is, uh, one of the first things he says is, I fucked up. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. In 2021, I made the worst mistake of my life by gambling on football. A lot of things happened that led up to him doing what he did. So, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a reality check 
for me as just sort of someone, you know, as people who do the show, just be like, there are, there are fucking people behind the, the, under the helmet and they go through shit like just, just like we do. It doesn't matter if they're making millions of dollars. They, you know, people get depressed and bad shit happens, man. It's just part of life. So. And as fans, that's generally just what we want is like, like you want honesty, you want accountability. Yeah. And you kind of want to know what's going on behind the scenes, which is tough because we can't always get that. So yeah. you speculate and right. you just throw shit out there. So yeah, and we never got that during this whole time. It was just like he's away from mental health reasons. And it was like... That's all we know. Yeah, and I was like, good God, man. You've been away for like nine weeks now. We no. could use you. So we'll wish him the best going forward. Yeah. It's, it's a shame it didn't work out with us, but uh, it could work out great with these draft picks. And he says he's feeling great mentally and physically, so he might ball out in jacksonville he's in the afc that's great yeah we, we don't, don't have care. to worry about him uh he'll have trevor lawrence thrown in the ball That'll and they're fresh off going to the postseason winning a playoff round yeah. so i mean that can only help their team so yeah i really wish calvin the best really appreciated everything he did here's hoping that he gets his career back on track no more falcons news adam i think that that covers it so we'll take a quick break here word from our friends at DraftKings, and then we will attempt to talk about quinn snyder's atlanta hawks NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now opt-in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. All right, I'm going to do one of the most bizarre bets I've ever recommended. In the game on Friday, with Charlotte versus Detroit, two of the worst teams in the NBA, there is a prop bet on Gordon Hayward getting a double-double. Yes, plus 725, no, minus 2,500. The easy bet is to take the no, minus 2,500. Gordon Hayward's only averaging 14.5 points and 4.5 boards per game. But if there's ever a game for Gordon Hayward to get a double-double, it's against the Pistons, who have one of the worst defenses in the league, and they're probably the worst team in the league, at least record-wise. Throw down 25, 30 bucks on the Gordon Hayward getting a double-double bet. It's plus 725, so you I don't know what that comes out to but you'll get a hell of a lot more than 30 bucks take a chance on gordon hayward the great white hope getting double double on friday night against the detroit pistons that sounds like an exciting basketball game graham that would make it exciting this it's going to be true. a really boring game but that would make it exciting as hell. The, the beauty of gambling yeah put uh, put a grand on gordon hayward One don't, grand. No, don't really do that but that would make it really exciting would it not w- will you back that grand no for everybody for everybody that takes a bet, everyone who signs up. If you up. reach out to me, if you reach out to Atlanta's own Twitter and say that you have bet a grand on the Gordon Hayward um, double double bet, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 back you up on that. So there's no reason to not do it then, right? There's no reason to not do it. You uh, have to reach out on Twitter though, and you'd have to get some of these earnings, and I would have to be cut in to the earnings if it actually happens. That's that's the that's a constituency there. Well, this is how we find out if people listen to these ads. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see it. Bet on the Gordon Hayward. That's a double-double free bet uh, from DraftKings and Graham. So here's what you got to do. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. 
New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Voided Ohio. See show notes for details. Hopefully I don't have like seven people coming to me saying they bet $1,000 on Gordon Hayward <laughs> to get a double-double. Oh, I'll do it to, I'll, uh, I'll say this, one person. The first person that messages us, I will, I will match the bet. And I, I'd also say it has to be someone you don't know. Yeah, someone I don't know. It can't John, Jared, can't Hugh, be you. Hugo. Can't be Hugo. Yeah, Hugo that, doesn't bet on anything. Though. This, this is this is a ploy to get a, a new, yeah, new user. Yeah, new user. Nick Rising, the the guy we don't know that used to reach out to us a lot when we first started the show. Yeah, you're open. Okay, if you're still listening. Okay, he's open. <laughs> Anyone else is open. Just no immediate family. No immediate family or friends or that friends. we see a lot. Exactly. Or if I don't see you, if I know you, I don't. This doesn't qualify for you. So. All right, that should spice spice the DraftKings shit up for us. Adam, what's going on in Brave Spring Train? Anything of note? You mean the Kevin Pillar watch? Yeah, what, what's going on with KP watch? <laughs> My man's now hitting 250. Okay. He's got two bombs. Okay. Five RBIs. Uh, what's his on-base percentage? Oh, uh, 357. Not bad. 750 slugging. Okay. 750 slugging? That's, like, historic. I don't think so. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, an elite slugging percentage is 500, so 750 well, is like nuts. Matt Olson is slugging 1,200. Holy shit. He's having himself a spring training. Yeah, no, he, he is uh, locked in. He's got three homers, eight RBIs, batting 533. Holy Christ. Yeah, Matt Olson's ready to go. Austin Riley is ready to go. Uh, Michael Harris is ready to go. The fourth outfielder spot, that's interesting still. Obviously, Pilar, Eli White. Um, how's your how's your boy? Who's that guy? Leplo. What's he done? Leplo has been. He's the one from. No, Hilliard's the one from the Rockies. Hilliard hasn't played. There was an athletic article article about him today, um, and how great of a signing it could be. Mm. Uh, my boy Leplo. Let me look for him. I don't see any stats on him, Graham. No, no, no. So Luplo is the Rockies guy who hasn't played yet. Hilliard is batting 375. So Luplo hasn't played. Correct. You were talking about him being a dark horse. Yes. So I think that still puts him in dark horse category if he can get back on the field. Mm. So What about Marcelo Zuna? Mm. Marcelo Zuna, who has been having to travel with like the non-roster invitees, which <laughs> is... Hilarious! Like that's just like a total. That's a total fuck you to him. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Graham, for taking those words out of my mouth. There. Uh, he is. Let's see here. He's hitting two twenty two <laughs> with a two sixty three OBP, two seventy eight slugging. That about matches what he normally does uh, in the last two seasons. Unfortunately, one walk, six strikeouts, zero home runs, zero RBIs. So think about this. We're about so what four four of eighteen. Yeah, so we're about two and a half, three weeks into spring training. Marcelo Zuna is playing with the non-roster invitees, so you know they they spring training games sometimes get split up where you got the non-roster invitees, you got the regular guys, you got a mixture of both. You can have two or three games going on at once. 
Well, it's he, not the it's not the non roster invitees. It's like the rookies or like right. guys that are unlikely to make the right. team. So, but I'm just saying, if he's being put with those people, and you got to think that he's playing against those people yeah. on the other teams, that does not bode well. Well, it kind of depends because like sometimes if if you're the the travel team, you're playing against the other teams like home players who aren't the guys who aren't going to have to sure. travel. So everybody mixes it up. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. To me, I'm being unfair to that, but. Either way, point is he needs a good start, and this isn't it. This is not it. Paltry start yeah. at best. I'm much more excited by Kevin Pilar than Ozuna. I'm more excited about a fart that I have in the middle of the night than I am about Marcelo Ozuna. That is going to be a disappointment if he's just like our DH again, and because they really don't want him to be DH no, either. With absolutely not the two catchers. You got to keep the two catchers. Are you seeing some of these throws that you're? We talked about last week on the show how. We were looking forward to seeing Sean Murphy start throwing people out on steal attempts. He absolutely nailed. There's a great video on Twitter. You just uh, look at Sean Murphy on Twitter and just look and uh, just select videos for your uh, search criteria. It was perfect, Adam. I don't know if you saw it yet. No, I didn't. Oh, it was beautiful. So it's like he just got the ball, got to his, you know, got to his throwing position and like not even the blink of an eye to say it was in the blink of eye would be an insult to a blink of the eye Threw a rocket to second base and exactly how like the athletic article described how he does. So you're impressed. He drew, uh, he got this guy out. No problem with the lowest, one of the lowest throws to second base I've ever seen. And it's, you know, a lot of spring training bullshit in terms of like talking people up and stuff, but Oh my God, I never really watched Sean Murphy do anything. I knew his reputation, but I never, you know, I'm not sitting around watching Oakland A's games. Yeah, I know it was spring training, but my, ah, what a beautiful throw. It was elite. It was on another level. It I'm was so fast, so low. That's good. Yeah. The pop up. So David O'Brien wasn't lying to he us. Was, it was not hyperbolic at all, his article. This yeah. was like exactly what he described. And it was done not in a, not in a training session or practice or whatever. This was done in a game, albeit a spring training game, but it was still like, holy shit. It was it was unbelievable, man. So that got that got me really that got me way more excited than it probably should have. Well, that's very exciting, Graham. I'm, yes. I'm glad to hear that you are excited. Uh, nothing major is happening right now, but the the other thing, obviously, the fifth starter uh, position, we're going to keep updating you on yes. that. Yes, Bryce Elder looked a lot better in his second start. He looked like Bryce Elder of old. Ian Anderson had actually a pretty good outing the other day. Good, but keep your eyes out on uh, Colby Allard. Now through, I mean, it's five innings pitch at this point. He's pitching to 180 ERA, uh, four strikeouts, .8 whip. He's my pick. And, like, and he's Colby Allard's your pick. Oh, I thought you were talking about when you said Colby Allard. For some reason, I imagined Bryce Elder. Sorry. No, not Col- Colby Allard was not my pick. Sorry, but so Colby Allard looks good. Yes, in his return and to like the Braves he, organization. He, like they liked the sabermetrics on him with his strikeouts, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he. He's a wild card for this. We're definitely going to see him pitching at some point this year. Yeah. But, like, you know, just because he has a lot of experience, like, pitching with Texas, like, kind of mediocrely, but still experience. Like, he could, if he keeps pitching well, he could break camp. Yeah. Who knows? It's one of those things, too, where, you know, there, there was a great article this week, uh, David Bryan, again, um, we get the majority of our Braves news, talking about Jesse Chavez. And his illustrious career, 40 years old now, been on like 12 different teams. Think about how much he sucked with 
the Angels and with Seattle and with a bunch of other teams, right? And he's also had really good stints with some other teams. But, like, even last year. The Cubs. The Cubs. He was on, like, what, three different teams last year, yeah. including the Braves. And he also pitched for the Braves in two separate instances. And he was lights. He's pretty much lights Only good out. with the Braves. The Braves. Yeah. There's something hey, there. Something about, and everybody's different, right? But just because a guy doesn't do well with an organization doesn't mean they can't do well with your organization. So just because Colby Howard struggled in Texas doesn't mean he can't come here and do well with the Braves. Now, it's also kind of crazy to compare really young Colby Howard to 40-year-old Jesse Chavez, but at the same time, it's just like you see different people thrive in different organizations. Charlie Morton didn't really get going until he was like 33, 32. Um, you know, when he got to Houston and he was in Tampa Bay and everything, he was just lights out. When he started with the Braves, he wasn't really that good. Now, he has been good with us overall for the Braves, despite his horrendous road ERA last year. So it's just weird how different organizations can bring out um, the best in, in different people. We've had plenty of people be on the Braves before and, who sucked and then went to other organizations as well. Remember Melky Cabrera? I know a lot of that was assisted by steroids. We went to San Francisco, and he was an absolute monster after his yeah. 2010 season where he was just you know very subpar. The old change of scenery. It, it can help. You different coaches, different mindsets, different philosophies. And this is also ridiculous to be saying this about Colby Allard when he he has no track record. But it's encouraging to see this start in spring training that he's doing well. Maybe something can happen this year. It's, it's the joy of spring training where your mind just sort of races about like, oh, this guy's doing well here now. Maybe he can do well when the season starts. Maybe we have the next Kevin Gossman, speaking of people that were great once they left us. Yes, that is, a, that is... Maybe that's Kobe Howard coming in. Who knows? That would be beautiful. You never know. Who yeah. would have ever thunk that we were least Kevin Gossman? Spring training is just... It's where you can dream. Yes, it is a it is a fertile place for dreams. It the, is where the soil is laid, the, the seeds start sprouting. Yeah, that your GM made that one move, like of these... Four to five guys we got battling for the left field, or maybe one of these guys is like comeback player of the year. Yeah, who knows? You never know. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. Do you see the article where Ozzy Albies was predicting that he himself, Michael Harris and Acuna would all be in the forty forty club in the same season? Forty homers, forty stolen bases. Yes. And he's, Ozzy with forty homers. He, yeah, he says I think we can all do it. Okay, Ozzy has hit. I think. His career high was like 30-something home runs, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But there's never been a team that... I think there's only been ever been like four 40-40 guys. And the majority of them have happened in the last 30 years. You know, odds are against that happening, but hey. I like where it says he that. He can dream just like we He can. just kept saying, why not? And why I- not? Why can't we do this? <laughs> you know, he just kept going on and being like, why not? I love it's like Ozzie. we all have big power. We're all fast. Like, why not? He's like, Acuna can be 50-50. We'll be 40-40. It'll be great. I just... I, I, I was just cracking up the whole time. Like, Ozzy is just such a... Uh, he's such a bright personality. And, 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 you know, and you know that he's just kind of playing with this narrative. I don't know if he actually like, really believes that. But he was just saying... He just kept saying, why not? Why not? Over and over again. I, I love where the head's at. Like, you know, shoot for the stars, man. Fuck it. I just love this... I just pull up that article on The Athletic, and it's just a really goofy headshot of him smiling. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> why he was giving the interview. He's just like, yeah, man. Like, sure, it can fucking happen. It's like JP from Andrews in the Outfield. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's good. Hawks, Adam. They're, Hawks are, are... They're still the same team. Still the same team. 
I watched a lot of the Miami game on not the most recent one, but the one on uh, what was it Saturday night? Miami's just got our number, man. They do. They're and a veteran team that's played together for a long time. Eric Spolstra is a good coach. Yes. I think that's something that people forget about as much as um, they want to say, like, you know, LeBron won those championships. You know, it was LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosh. And truthfully, Miami hasn't won a title since since uh, LeBron left. They have been in the finals once. Um, since then, Eric Spolster is a good coach. He knows what he's doing, and he, and he and he has a system set up. And they are consistently a pretty solid team. Whereas we have, you know, and that I think that was like Quinn Snyder's second or third game with the Hawks at that point. I'll give the Hawks this: they were down by like double digits most of the game. They fought back. They tried their asses off. I see a little more effort under Quinn Snyder, but I don't think we're going to start seeing the results we want at earliest until next year starts. And DeAndre Hunter came out and, and said this as, um, you know, after the first game with Quinn Snyder, he's like, you shouldn't expect anything, which was kind of pessimistic, but it's also realistic. Because, yeah, this is an unprecedented situation, and the Hawks are what they are at this point. Somebody coming in, um, you know, we can't expect a total turnaround. I know we talked last week about, like, wouldn't it be great if we just, like, figured a lot of shit out and everything was really rolling? But it's just... it's just Probably not going to happen. Yeah, it, it's really unrealistic to expect that. I did love... Did you see the video, the interview that he did? Well, not the interview. Like, it was him talking to the team after a win they had, like, last Friday night where they looked really good. Mm. And he was just, like, harping on, like, we need to know why we won. He was like, your spacing on offense was great, and your defense, you had high energy. Like, it's great that you won, but know why you won so you can do it again. Which, That's like, isn't necessarily something that McMillan did a lot, apparently. So, I, I like that. I, saw. I like that. And, and it's now- cool how, it, like, it was his second game, and he had, like, obviously commanded the respect of the locker room already, which is, like, just imagine throwing yourself in that situation. Obviously, you'd have, you know, a lot more experience as a head coach, but, like, just right. going into a new environment – Instantly, you are the leader, and like a lot of young players, just having too. the presence and just like being so comfortable in yourself, yeah, to command the respect of a locker room that quickly. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. No, it's cool. It, it looks like a stud, yeah. No, I, and every time they cut to him on the sideline, he just has this look like he knows what he's doing. McMillan always just had this very blank expression where he just looked like soulless to me. His arms are usually crossed. When someone crosses their arms, it's a bad sign in any situation. I don't care what the fuck you're doing. It's a bad. It shows a difference. Like right now, Adam's doing it. He's holding a <laughs> drumstick in one of the hands, which is really funny. And it's, it just shows a difference. And Quinn Snyder's not doing that. His body language is more open. And this is totally useless analysis, but it's just... Your body language guy now. I, well, I think body language is very important. Nonverbal. Some of my favorite moments in, in, in movies is someone's nonverbal. What can they do without talking? As a podcast guy, you're a body language guy. Bi- yeah, which is totally <laughs> irrelevant to the podcast uh, format. But it's just one of those things where you just see a different energy, and you also see a different effort level. You didn't really see the Hawks try to come back that much with Nate McMillan. We didn't really overcome a lot of 19, 20-point deficits. And the Hawks were down in that game on Saturday a lot and they fought back but they still there's still a lot of issues with interior defense and getting out rebounded that's been happening all fucking year um especially down the stretch but you're starting to see some things 
But I think the bottom line is we can't really expect anything great to happen. If anything great happens, it's not happening this year. It's it's happening next year at this point. My only question, Graham, is what did A.J. Griffin do to Coach uh, Snyder's mom? Like, Yeah, he's not playing that much. He must have said something mean. Not that much. He's every single night. DNP, coach's decision. And I get that Sadiq Bey has looked pretty good, and obviously he's taken that role. But you got to find some time for A.J. Griffin. He like he was one of the most promising things of yeah, the season. Yeah, he didn't play at all in that game I watched, in the no. Miami game he, he on Saturday. Play, he didn't play at all in the Monday night Miami game. He has right. played zero minutes in the game tonight that they are now trailing to the Wizards by nine after being up big in the first quarter. I mean, this is also – I mean, he's even going harder than Nate McMillan. At least Nate McMillan played him. He didn't play him that much, but at least he, at least he played him. Although, like he 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 plays Jalen Johnson though. He he sees Jalen ja- Johnson's value more. Than it's interesting because I, I see a lot more upside. And I mean, what the fuck do I know? But I see a lot more upside in AJ Griffin than I do Jalen Johnson. But you got to look at the di- their, what they bring to this team. Okay, Jalen Johnson's a big. He rebounds well. He sure. can bring the ball up the court. He's a playmaker as a big, which is rare. Right. And like I think, just having Sadiq Bay changes everything. Like I think, yeah. I'm sure AJ Griffin would be getting those minutes from if Sadiq, Sadiq Bay wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I get it, but it's disheartening, especially when you've seen what AJ is capable of, and also how he rises up in big situations. There's been I can't remember what game it was, but it happened earlier this year. There was a, uh, a long pass from Trey to AJ Griffin to end a game on a buzzer beater. It was sort of like an alley oop kind of play, but it's like. You know, it, it was it was a kind of play that you expect from a veteran and not not a guy in his what this is AJ's second year, I think. I mean, good news is he's developed this year already, and like an article came out where Bogey isn't going to be like I accepting his player option for I next year, that. so Bogey's probably gone. So AJ Griffin can step. And in I'm fine with that, especially considering where Bogdanovich is at this point, where he is injury prone. The shot isn't as good as it was, even though he's still. I think he's still a very viable player. But not as viable as when he came here. So I'm I am totally fine to pass the torch to AJ Griffin at this point uh, from Bogdanovich. And I'm surprised that Bogdanovich would do that because if he opted in, he gets like eighteen and a, you know almost eighteen and a half million dollars or something like that. I don't know if he's going to get that in the open market considering his health uh, his health issues and sort of declining stat line. We'll see, Graham. I'm looking at the now, though. The Hawks are right now the eighth seed. Only one game up on the Wizards, who they're down like 15 to now. Oh, God. <laughs> Since I just said they were down nine. Um, they're three games up on the Bulls for the 11th spot. So It's, it's like, really close, man. I still want to make the playoffs. Ideally, you'd like to make the playoffs and go to a go – to go, you know, like we did last year with the Heat. We went to, the, went to a game. They won. It was fun, man. These heat, like they're only, the heat that looks so good against us. They're only thirty-five and thirty-one. Yeah, they haven't had a four good year. Four out of their last six, so two of those four, the four and six in their last ten, so two of those are against us. Yeah, um, no, they've had a down year compared yeah, to last season. Good. That's disheartening. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, at this point, our hearts aren't in it. We're in. Maybe Joe Prunty should have stayed the coach. Well, uh, that. <laughs> Two and zero, oh, baby. I mean, you, he's the best coach in Hawks history. Yeah. A thousand, a perfect winning percentage. Beat Cleveland. Well, what was it? I mean, it was like by twenty points or something. 
Scored 81 in the first half. Bring in Quinn Snyder, and it's like back to normal. Not back to normal. I think it's better. Just It'll so be everyone fine. knows, we're not being serious. No, we're not being serious. This yeah. is a total farce here. We're yeah. just being silly. But it, um, I don't know. Do you? So the last thing I'll say about the Hawks. Do you think it's still a good idea that Quinn Snyder was thrust in this position right now as opposed to being like, let's hire you, but take an offseason with these guys and then get ready for the regular season? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it gives you a head start on next year. So, so you, think it's a, you think it's the right decision? Right. Okay. I do. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, baptism by fire is sometimes the best way to do things. All right, well, that's this week's Atlanta Zone episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Hope you are doing well. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality soap. Hospitality soap.